Hey guys, thank you for joining the Convicted Podcast again. And today I have two special guests. Uh, I have Justin Hatton here with me. He is one of our sales reps at Convicted Printing. He wants to join us with the, the podcast. And I think he has a lot of value to add because he's also the artist endorsement rep here at Convicted Printing. And then we have one of our good friends, Austin Coop. Go ahead and introduce yourself. What are you a part my of? Name, my name is Austin. I play in a band called Prison. Um, we're like a heavy band, doing a lot of touring across the U.S. the past few years. Uh, I also do a lot of mixing and mastering work and audio production stuff for uh, local bands, national bands, all over the place. Very cool. And you've been in other bands too, right? Yeah, I played in a band called Adalia for pretty much 10 years. Um, we're not a band anymore, but that was like a huge part of my life for a long time. Definitely, and a huge part of the Tampa scene, too, because you guys all kind of came up around the Tampa area. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. So, since we're getting started here with the Convicted Podcast, what is something that people should know about prison? Like, what would you say prison is passionate about? Um, There's a lot of things, honestly. The first that comes to mind would probably be... Um, we have we talk a lot about this goal of like elevating heavy music to be something that's not so niche anymore and i mean you even see it a lot with like bands like knocked loose um like i mean come on the nhl posted them the other day <laughs> um <laughs> and we talk about stuff like getting people to understand that it's not really as niche as it seems um i don't know man like getting people to feel more welcome to come to shows, um, getting back to that feeling of, you know, the outsider kids having like a community. I mean, obviously people talk about shows being a community for people to go to, but everybody knows it can be pretty clicky. And I feel like we always talk about how, you know, there's always a place for, the people who feel like they don't belong somewhere else and they want to find where they belong. And that's how a lot of us felt, you know, when we started going to shows and, you know, whether it's the people who are new and maybe they don't know how to dress or don't know how to act, or maybe they've never seen people mosh before. And that's the kind of stuff that we really love. Like we love the idea of bringing people into an environment that they never realized could be for them you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, stuff like that. I, uh, I really like the idea of trying to strive to bring that forward more with prison. Very awesome. So how would you say for like those of us listening, like how can we help make the music scene more of a community? Cause it sounds like maybe it's kind of drifted a little bit away from that. Like how can we bring it back a little bit more to like that community mindset? Well, it's hard to say because I feel like there's always going to be clicks and stuff and there's always going to be certain people or certain groups of people who are like cooler than others and they make it seem like what they're doing is like the cool thing to do. Um, but I guess just trying to treat people as equals, trying to make people feel included, not judging people, even if they're new, even if they're, ignorant to some things, you know, mm -hmm. not making fun of them for this or that, um, inviting people who you would never expect to come to a metal show, even if you think they won't like it. <clears throat> I know a lot of people who wouldn't even bother to ask certain people because they would assume that they don't like it, but you'd be surprised at how many people can find something to like about heavy music, whether it's the music itself or the, the idea that all of these people come together that, you know, maybe they haven't seen people act like that or dress like that or things like that. Absolutely. I think one of our most interesting experiences with people coming out to shows that you wouldn't expect, uh, there was this one gentleman that used to come to the Starbucks that Justin and I used to work at. Uh, his name is Brian. He was an older gentleman. Man, I want to say what, 70s? I hope he's, if he listens to this, I hope it's not wrong. And there's two but, Brian's that we know. And it's not, that's it's right. not the shift Brian because he'd be offended if we called him. <laughs> right, all. right. No, I'm <laughs> talking about the customer Brian. <laughs> so he's this older gentleman. And 
I don't remember who started it, but someone just asked him if he'd come out. I don't know. What, did he even start with I Shot the Albatross or was it Fourth Teller? I have no idea. He, he came out to a lot of our shows. Like he bought tickets from us frequently and then he ended up bringing maybe someone else that he knew with him to introduce them. And like he was an older gentleman that like it, he didn't look the metal part. Yeah. Like, you know, you know, some older guys are like, yeah, heavy metal, like rock and roll, like Metallica, whatever, like <laughs> type stuff. Yeah. Like he didn't look like that at all. And he would just come out and, and totally support us and everything. So yeah, like you never know. You can't judge a book by its cover. You don't know just because of what someone wears or whatever. You don't know their preferences. You don't know what they enjoy, especially with genres. Mm-hmm. Did you experience something like that? Like when you guys have been going out to shows? Yeah, actually, um, the first thing that comes to mind is we played on our last tour with uh, Slaughter to Prevail and Body Snatcher. <clears throat> we had like a, a one-off show in between like the actual book dates. And uh, it was in El Paso and there really wasn't many people there, like maybe 20, maybe 30 people, kind of hard to remember. Um, but there was this part in our set where somebody at the show, it was either maybe their first show or one of their first shows mm-hmm. and they didn't know how to mosh. And in the middle of our set, people were teaching this kid how to mosh. Like, and it was so cool. Like, that was probably one of the best feelings ever is just to watch it happen in real time. And the fact that it was such a small, intimate show. And, you know, even though it wasn't a huge show, everybody who was there was like enjoying themselves. And to see that really made it feel like, Oh, that's really cool. We're like seeing the things that we want to bring forward with music right in front of us. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And everybody was like cheering them on too. Like after he started moshing, it was just so wholesome. Yeah, Yeah, it was great. Going off that, um, I know you guys have played a lot of like bigger tours. And so you guys have played to hundreds of people and you've played to smaller groups of people. Like you were saying on this El Paso date, what can you tell a band that's like, Oh, I only plays like small show tours and stuff like that. Like how can you encourage them to be like, to make those moments like the best that they can? Um, you know, sometimes it's easy to like feel discouraged because there's not a lot of people watching you and that the goal is to, you know, play in front of as many people as you can. But <clears throat> I think it's important that if you're going to be in this situation anyway, like if your band is going to be there playing a show or if you're, you know, an artist who plays solo, whatever it may be, if you're going to be there playing anyway, give the people who are there watching you a reason to remember you and, mm-hmm. you know, play, play your heart out. You know what I mean? Make those people who are there, who paid money to be there, feel like they made a good decision to be there. Absolutely. I think it's really important to be able to connect. Like what's nice about the smaller shows is you're usually able to connect to people a little bit more because you're able to like talk to them directly almost. Yeah. You know, like keep them close, especially if you're able to talk to them before the show starts. If you can it, like for those of you touring, um, I know that sometimes it gets really tight on time and sometimes you don't have much availability with that. But like, if you have the time to be there early, and with checking in, loading in, all that stuff, if you're able to talk with the people that are there, like that, that makes a really big connection because like you went out and talked to them instead. So yeah. even like the smaller shows can be like really valuable sometimes mm-hmm. with it's like with direct connection. Like it builds a, I guess, like a higher quality connection with the audience, I, I guess yeah. you would say. Like if you're able to have that communication or whatever. So um, what would you say is like one of the messages that prison is talking about? Cause I know that there's some, some very directed lyrics that you guys have about some things. And I would like you to kind of like share about that a little bit. We definitely talk about a lot of topics. Um, I think one that everybody immediately knows us for is like mental health awareness and anti-suicide stuff. And I mean, we also speak on, you know, body image issues. Um, We have a song about people judging others. You know, there's a lot of different things. 
that we speak on, but I, I would say that most people know us the best for the mental health awareness. Definitely. And if I hear correctly, like you guys don't just say that from the stage, like there's stuff that's happening off stage as well. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, Johnny has his own business called Cope Notes that he does, which is basically all about mental health awareness and mental wellness. And he runs that all on his own and he's been doing it for, I want to say two years now. He's been growing it ever since he started it. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Well, uh, one of the things I would like to encourage everybody that's listening is is one of the things that we usually talk about is like, what's a hurdle or trial that might have come up for you? And it could have been like with Adalia, could have been with prison, whatever. What's like something that was difficult for you guys to come up, like overcome as a band and, and like what brought you through that? Hmm. There's so many, I mean, you guys know, since you're in a band, there's so many things to overcome. It feels like when you're in a band, especially Mm. starting out. Yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, and I feel like even if you're not starting out the, there's always things, or I would guess call them roadblocks or things that get in the way, um, and make things difficult, but it always feels like it never quite goes away no matter how big your band gets, they just kind of shift to a different area of a problem. <laughs> in, in my opinion, <clears throat> oh, I'm trying to think of something that was like really an issue. Hmm. I will say that with Adalia, we definitely had a lot of money issues. Um, sometimes being in a band is really hard to financially sustain. And a lot of times when money is low and you have to kind of go and say like, all right, our band bank might not be too good right now. We might have to start investing our personal money into this. That can always cause issues. (laughs) So um, I will say that in prison, one of the biggest things that we have done to combat that is to like spend a lot of time when we first started trying to spend really smart, not pay ourselves out any money, um, set ourselves up so we can have the band sustain itself. And it took a while to, till we could get to that point, but I would say that that's probably, It's not like we had money problems in prison, but struggles in the past of money problems definitely informed on how to go about it better when you do it in the future. For sure. And um, smart spending, sacrificing, paying uh, yourself any money in the Mm -hmm. early stages so you can have like this cushion for yourself in the band. Um, Because it really puts a strain when everybody feels like the band is losing responsibility for the band. And now everybody is like, Oh, I have to put my personal money into this. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, maybe one person can afford to do it more than the other. And then all of a sudden one person has the weight more than other people and it can make resentment issues start happening. And so things like that are really important to try to keep a handle on and make sure if there's a possibility, you can either keep it as equal <laughs> as possible or, you know, keep the financial aspect of every individual member as low as you can and try to make a band fund. I feel like those are really important hurdles that, you know, obviously every band is going to deal with something like that. Definitely. Especially when you're on the road for so long, like having that band fund set separate, like if something happens to the van while you're out, like, Oh my goodness, we need, a few hundred dollars or something to like fix this part so we can keep on doing the tour, which also includes more pay from guarantees. So you got to do it type of thing. Mm -hmm. Like it's really good to be able to have some sort of stash that's separated to be able to like fund that, I guess you could say. And expanding on that, I think an important thing for younger bands to consider is that, you know, those things will happen. You're going to have a situation where you're, your van craps out and you need to fix it. And 
you know, people, <clears throat> people listening to this might think like, oh, well, we don't even have enough money to have a band cushion or whatever. So I think it's smart for bands to strategically know that if, if the goal is to be on the road, don't even consider it until you feel comfortable with um, building this like band bank account, let's say. Mm -hmm. And I've seen a lot of bands kind of try to rush out and get on tour for the sake of getting on tour. And, you know, maybe an issue happens and they just don't have the money. And when you're in that situation and you just don't have the money, I've seen a lot of bands not come back from that. You know what I mean? Right. So I think it's very important to not rush into the idea of getting on the road until you are either personally financially able to take care of those situations or you've done enough shows, maybe sold enough merch locally, done what you need to do to where you know, okay, if we go on tour, we're not going to have a big breakdown that's going to cause us to all come out of pocket and get in arguments and then not know what we're going to do. I think just stuff like that, not rushing the idea of getting on the road before you know you can handle it. Right. It's kind of like executing each step with excellence, you know? Yeah. Okay, well, what's the next step? What's the next step? Like, it's a marathon, you know, bands. Mm-hmm. It And I think some people might might consider that being in a band kind of skyrockets up. And it might happen for, like, a few lucky bands. Like, I, I think I would throw the word luck there because sometimes it's like you just had that right connection at that right time to be able to do that. But most of the time, it takes a long time. Yeah, certainly. It's like you had a lot of time with Adalia. Like, how soon did it did you guys start when you were in Adalia? How soon did you start um, touring more nationally? Uh, let's see. So, <clears throat> and you were I pretty believe, young when that happened, too, right? Yeah. Um, let's see. I believe I was fifteen on our first tour. Oh wow! Gosh. So <laughs> the the band kind of came together like really late 2008 like maybe november december and it didn't really even become what it eventually would be until maybe a year into 2009 end of the year and we started playing shows um we played like as many local shows as we could get our hands on you know what i mean um we might have done like you know a weekender here and there Mm -hmm. i think we did our first actual tour which was like a two-week little run in 2011 so it was like you know maybe two years until we did our first tour definitely so if anyone's a younger band starting out like it's if you want to do this because you're passionate about it and you want to pursue this like stick to it keep doing it, keep doing the shows, you know, like what Austin's saying, like take, take the pre-sale shows so you can start raising up money from the pre-sales that you're selling for these things. And then like after a couple of years or whatever. And again, this, this changes based on like how hard you're pushing and who you are and like what, what genre you're in and whatever. But, um, but yeah, sometimes it can take a long time. And if you're in it for the long haul, like it's okay. You can be patient and, and just take that next step and then the next step and then the next step instead of trying to sprint and jump to something and then you're completely exhausted and your 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 resources your funding might be completely exhausted too and then it like like you were saying it's kind of hard to come back from that yeah i've seen quite a lot of bands i mean big and small take on things that <clears throat> maybe they didn't have a cushion for in case anything goes wrong which in my experience, things always go wrong. Um, every tour, I don't think oh, yeah. I've ever done a tour without van repairs and I've been touring since 2011 and yeah, just stuff like that for sure. Your grief. I just wish there was some van that we could just rely on for like a full tour and just like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's hard to blame bands that do rentals nowadays because right, you yeah. know, the company's responsible for the van. But, you know, that you're going to spend a lot of money renting the van. So, yeah, it's kind of like close 
to the same expense. So yeah, exactly. Well, if you have a Titan engine, then you might as well just run a van. You have, if you have a what? A Titan engine. Titan like, engine? Our, like our van. Oh, yes. It's rough. Uh, <laughs> uh, something that'd be very wise is if you can coincidentally have a band member who also is pretty good with mechanics, really good idea to have. Helps you out a lot. <laughs> yeah. That, that is definitely true. If you can yeah. find somebody who's got some car knowledge swipe them up quick <laughs> is there anybody in prison who's like that um john definitely our bass player john definitely knows a lot about car stuff if anything ever goes wrong he's usually who we look to mm-hmm. our drummer truck definitely knows a good amount but me and johnny are just like you guys are gonna have to take a look <laughs> we don't know we don't know what to do let us know if you need a hand we're just gonna sit here and i'll hold the light for you <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> Like, yep, that's that's how you help dad fix the car too. Hold the light. I thought I was yeah, supposed exactly. to learn. No, just hold the light. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's what we still do. That's hilarious. <laughs> Definitely. So something that I would like to talk about, because um, I think this would be really helpful for, for people is like, so if I understand correctly, prison has chosen to remain independent with like moving forward as a band as compared to getting into a record label. And I'm assuming that's by choice. Is that correct? Not necessarily. So I guess I can start from the very beginning where we sent a ton of stuff to labels. Okay. And I mean, we probably sent stuff to every label that you could want to be a part of. Mm -hmm. And nobody was interested. We got a lot of like responses saying like, oh, you guys have cool thing going on, but... We didn't get any offers. So it basically came down to, well, we're just going to do it. You know what I mean? We're just going to do it ourselves. And I think that a lot of bands need to like embrace this idea that you can, you can take things pretty far on your own. Cause I know a lot of people, um, these days are starting to become aware of how much you can do as a DIY band, but there is still a lot of people, especially I talked to on the road who they only, their default is like, Oh, well, what label are you signed to? If you talk to them at the merch table, maybe, mm-hmm. Oh, I've never heard of you guys. What label mm-hmm. are you signed to? It's kind of like this idea that if you see a band at a show, um, a lot of people are just going to assume that you're on a label. Mm-hmm. So I think that <clears throat> the the narrative should kind of shift from this idea that, oh, you have to have a label to play shows like this or do tours like that. There's obviously so much things that go into doing um, certain tours, having certain opportunities. It's not just label or no label, but the idea that you need a label to do anything really is pretty much becoming obsolete and you see that with metal you see it with indie music you see it with rap music um especially with rap music i mean there's unsigned rappers that are doing insane things these days right and so i think it, it all just came from this idea that like all right well we tried to get signed and nobody's interested so we're just gonna do what we want to do anyways and move forward because what are we gonna not try yeah right and then so i think that's that's a big thing is proclaiming the whole unsigned thing is like saying it's 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 less about look at what we can do more so look what you can do yeah Mm -hmm. you know what i mean absolutely and i think like when you were saying that about that that mindset when people go to a show and they say oh what record are you signed to what record label are you on i think that it makes sense that people are still saying that because for a while it was almost like you make it was a make or break like did you get into record label because they had all the connections and all the yeah. networking that was there and available and they were able to disperse and market properly which they still can do obviously because they have all, a lot of connections and years of experience on it too. right and all that experience but the difference is that i don't think musicians and bands have fully grasped onto yet was is just how much 
now with how the internet has gone, with all the networking you can do online with people and how you can reach out and how easy it is to distribute your music to all sorts of places for very little money. Um, I don't think people realize like how much, like it takes a lot of work. I'm not saying it's easy. Um, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like, it's simple, but it's not easy. It's like, like there's, there's recipes of how to, how to do this. Like, okay, well, like when we were starting with our DIY touring, like before we got into any record stuff was like, we looked it all up on Facebook, mm -hmm. everything. And when we just started asking bands in areas like, Hey, who's the promoter in your area? And then we got some names back and we were able to contact them. And I think that's actually how we started booking. A that is couple, how it That definitely is how we booked a couple of our tours in the, in the very start was just reaching out and networking. So a lot of late nights, just messaging bands and asking like, Hey, can you help us out? Like tell us someone, please. Yeah, absolutely. So like, yeah, you don't have to be on a record label to be in a band and to be on in what you, what a lot of people would consider a successful band, which successful band is def de defined <laughs> depending on your band, whatever mm -hmm. you're trying to do. But like yeah. you can tour and you can do a lot of stuff without getting into anything with record label way more now than you used to just like a decade ago. Yeah. And I will say that when Adalia was coming up, it, it certainly felt that way. Like those times back in 2011, 2012, it felt like your only chance was getting signed. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So things have definitely changed a lot. And like you said, um, it certainly isn't easy, simple, but not easy. Um, it's definitely a lot easier to be on a label and it's easier to kind of get that kickstart. Labels have tons of followers and fan bases and yep. <clears throat> a label is definitely a huge help and everything, but it's the mindset, like we mentioned earlier of feeling like just because you're not on a label, it doesn't mean that you can't be successful or figure out a way to find whatever your version of success is and just go for it anyways. Yeah. And piggybacking off of that, one of my earliest memories of prison was, I, I can't remember if we played the show or I was just at it, but I remember Johnny handing me a burned disc CD and I still have it to this day in my car. I think it, I think the title on it was hurt or whatever is that yeah. that in prison and listened to it, loved it. Performance was great, but what are some ways that bands, if they're not signed, obviously, that they can just get their name out there? Because I feel like that's a lot of bands like starting up their problem. It's like, okay, we've played a lot of like a lot of local shows. Like that's the first step is like, okay, I'm going to get on every single show that I can. And then after that, they're like, okay, well, we're known in like Tampa, for example. But how do we get ourselves more known in other places? That question is... <laughs> not an easy question to yeah. answer because if there was an answer, bands wouldn't have an issue growing their band. <laughs> yeah. But there's so many different ways to try to go about it. I mean, I know earlier in this, in this podcast, we just said about how don't rush into touring, but that being <laughs> said, if you are in a position where you've kind of done everything, you've played shows for a long time, it feels like you're doing great in your local area and you want to get, you know, to the next step. If you can afford to start traveling further, you know, maybe not go on a whole tour, but start going to States around you, start building that buzz in more places any way you can. You know, a lot of bands use things like uh chug core these days. feels like a lot of bands can get a, a good reputation off of, platforms like that where they'll host your stuff it's obviously hard because you know they they host so many bands and you know you have to stick out in this big sea of bands and that's yeah, hard right. um <clears throat> what else it would be a good way can i ask you a question based on what you just said actually like, yeah go ahead like you were saying like sea of bands and i think it's true like we have at, like th that's the other thing about the internet is that like anyone can do it now so there's a lot that's out there mm -hmm. so since 
everyone's out there. How how does a band stand out or set themselves apart to to some extent? And maybe it's not musically because there's a lot of really good sounding bands and there's sometimes a lot of similarities between them, but how do they stand out to where they can actually like gain that fan base? That is a really good question. Um, I think that what could benefit people in that position would be like taking a really good look at like within in the band at like personally, like what about you makes you, you, or like, what about another member? Like as a collective, what about you guys is different from other people? Not just musically, like personally, um, musically too, though, you know, it's, it's really easy to kind of mimic your idols growing up or, you know, when you're coming up in a band and you're a younger band, you kind of have all these people who you look up to um, musically and personally. And I feel like for me, when I was younger, <clears throat> I just wanted to be like a ton of other people. And in that process of growing up and getting into tons of different music, you figure out who you are as an artist and as a performer, especially from playing shows, you, you find your groove. And I feel like you know, some people might have it be like a natural thing for them to find their, find their lane, their, their thing that they're good at. And some people it might take longer, but in my opinion, the only way to really stick out from that sea of bands is to just find what makes you special and just <clears throat> like broadcast that to everybody and just own it and just be you and figure that out. And I know it's not easy to do. Everybody's working on it. We work on it constantly. We always talk about, you know, what can we, what can we do to like conversations that we have as a band? Like, what is it about us that is, you know, personable to us that we can lean into, you know, what thing do we do that, you know, maybe a lot of other bands do and maybe isn't as interesting. I just think that having those kind of, existential con or conversations with your band <laughs> where you get really meta about everything in the industry and as people and as musicians and you just take a good look at each other and be like what what can we do you know absolutely i really like what you're saying here because i think it's important what you're saying because it's not just about the music like what you're saying is like as people the individuals that make up the band like who are you as people? And that will connect and relate with some people. And I think that will just drive them to your music in some way, shape or form way more than just trying to market this style of music. You know, it's, it's this subgenre of subgenre of subgenre. And so now we're going to stand up because it just sounds different or whatever. It's really hard to sound different when it comes to like all the bands that are out there, but like what you're saying, yeah. the personality each person's a person that can stand out for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's really important. Water break. <laughs> Cheers. Um, oh, another thing that's kind of going with what you guys are saying is each person in the band has a strength that can be utilized in the band besides just writing the music because i mean you for example you don't you're not just in the band you record mix and master other bands and prison itself and i know that for fourth teller for example like i book a lot of the tours or i book a lot of the shows and stuff like that and then i write a lot of the structures of the guitar so i think one thing that could be said is that besides just your personality showing out, but also using your personalities and your interests and the things that you know to figure out how you can play a part in your team as a band because a band is more than just the music. Music's the mm -hmm. easy part most of the time. It's it's everything else that goes into it. Mm -hmm. That's the difficult part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I definitely have had a lot of conversations with like Johnny or or John and truck and stuff about how it feels like we all have our lane in the band and we're very comfortable with our lane in the band. 
And yeah, it's so much more than just getting in a room and playing music. It's like figuring out how to have like players on a team and like what positions are the players going to be playing. And um, yeah, that stuff is just as important as what parts you play when you get in a room and play together. It's really this, it's like the same thing, but it's just not music. <laughs> right. And it's interesting. I just then I thought of this about the strategy of the team playing. It's like you put people on what their strengths are for a reason, because like, imagine if everyone in the band swapped places and tried to play the same set. Be nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. would sound terrible probably. Cause I mean, like, unless you've written like every part, because I know there's some people that like, almost like write every part of it or whatever but like most of the time you swap it up it's gonna sound like I nonsense can't play drums Heck right no. right like just drums. No. <laughs> i'm over there on keys i'm like what's this i don't know how to do this i just do this. <laughs> but yeah like it, it's really important to be able to work on each other's strengths in whatever way that comes so mm -hmm. very good point there so do you have any questions for us by any chance? Hmm. Questions for fourth teller. Otherwise we keep asking you know. question, 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 question. But like, do you have any questions for us? Whether it's convicted printing or fourth teller or, or the noise box or whatever. Hmm. I was just asking David earlier because I got coffee with him just a few hours ago. Um, I was talking to him about like, you know, writing music as a band and you guys are all in the same area and my band, we are not in the same area at all. Um, <laughs> I live in Sarasota. Johnny's up in Tampa. Our bass player, John lives in Virginia. Uh, Truck lives on the other coast. So we really only get the chance to get together when we have to. So, you know, tracking new songs, having practice before tour. Um, so saying that, I'm curious to ask you guys what it's like to be so involved, not even just the band, but in each other's lives. You all have a lot of similar things going on, whether it's the, the noise box or convicted printing and forth teller. You're all involved in so many different areas of your lives together. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious what it's like doing things like that where it's like you've it's not just the band it's so many other parts of your life too and how that affects your band dynamic because maybe a lot of bands i mean maybe some bands really don't even consider their members as close of friends but i know you guys have known each other for a very long time mm -hmm. did you want to start that one um yeah the whole like i've never understood how band members can't be like friends because obviously you're going to piss each other off, especially when you're on tour for like a couple weeks to a month at a time, you're going to piss each other off. And especially when you're like in this small little band, but I don't understand how bands can't be like at least friendly to each other because there's a one band that I know <laughs> not going to say the name, but like two of their members didn't get along so much that they took separate tour vans. And I don't understand that, but wow. I think, <laughs> yeah, that's luxury right there. But I think making enough money to do that. I think one of the things that's really cool about the dynamic of just our, not even just the band, but our lives is that we kind of all started out as like friends before this stuff kind of like all went a bunch of different ways everything kind of implemented on top of each other yeah mm -hmm. so i think that's one of the things that's kind of that makes it a cool dynamic is that we are friends so when we get together it's not just oh we're band members having to write music or oh we're a screen printing company having to make t-shirts or we're oh we're a venue having to throw shows it's like okay we're friends and we just happen to do these things together and I think that's one of the biggest things that helps with that. It makes things kind of like cohesive. It makes sure. it a lot easier to be able to understand each other's like end goals too, because yeah. when you're able to just be friendly and be friends and just hang out outside of all of it. Also, I know that we're really busy. So sometimes we don't get to that often, but like whenever we're able to like, I don't know, sit on a back porch and smoke a cigar and drink a beer and like hang out and chat and whatever, or play a video game. 
or whatever, um, we're able to just talk to each other as people and understand each other's hearts, minds, and intents with like everything that we're a part of. So we know kind of like the end goals in a sense of like each thing and where like not everyone is involved in all of each thing. Mm -hmm. Like not every, not everyone in Forest Teller is really heavily involved in convicted printing. Um, we're all heavily involved in the noise box because that's that, kind of what started it. Yeah. That kind of like got us together bef before we started it as I shot the albatross and then fourth dollar or whatever. But mm -hmm. um, so yeah, like just everything kind of like built on top of each other. And so we had a foundation, like he was saying of friendship that we kind of built the house on top of it, I yeah. guess. <laughs> brick by brick. So we're not done. There's going to be more bricks probably. And the rooms, the separate rooms are the things that we're involved in. Yes. So I hope that helps answer the question with that. No, yeah, for sure. I definitely envy that um, with prison. I feel like we could, if we all were able to get together more frequently, we could probably even do things easily or do things at a higher level, whether it's like planning band stuff or writing music or just hanging out. I feel like it would be awesome to you know, spend more time as friends, but you know, distance can make that a little difficult, but you Absolutely. know, when we get together and tour, it feels like awesome to be around your friends again, and you haven't yeah. seen in a long time. And you know, that has its benefits at the same time too. Definitely. It'd be interesting if you guys could do like, I was going to jokingly say Google Hangout. I actually don't know anyone that uses Google Hangouts, but <laughs> uh, there's like this little sliver of time and like what, like five or seven years ago or something where people were like, oh, Google Plus for a little bit or whatever it was. I never understood that. <laughs> everyone never everyone thought that it was going to trump Facebook and it just didn't. No, but uh, anyways, didn't. so what if like you guys all had like a, a gaming console and you could play like one game because it's four of you, right? Yeah, it's four of us. Oh, you could do something like Borderlands, <laughs> where all four of you are different <laughs> characters as a team and just hang out and all have mics and go do something. I don't, just, I don't even know. I don't even know if any of us play video games. Well, then. I'm just kidding. So, <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's some news for anyone listening. No, Prison okay, doesn't play video games. Uh, and then everyone listening like, oh, if you're in a professional band, you don't get to play video games? I'm out. No. <laughs> yeah. It's just you can strictly play video games if you want to. It's up to yeah. you. <laughs> Whatever works for you guys. But yeah, um definitely I'm 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 really thankful for the situation that we ended up in for sure. I really think it's it's helped. Yeah. And, and what's really beneficial is um all of our wives are friends too. Mm. Yeah. Cause all of us in the I can now say all of us in the band are married. Yes. Because it's five of us. So, um, that is just a huge plus. Cause I've, I've definitely seen the bands where the girlfriends are just kind of like sitting off doing whatever. Yeah. They, I mean, that's fine. Either they ignore each other do. or they do not get along with there each is other. That, that's <laughs> the worst. It's just like when there's drama. I mean, maintaining relationships while playing in a band is already hard enough. I mean, yeah. take romantic relationships out of it it's still hard to maintain relationships with people, but I imagine that being married is even more difficult. Oh, it definitely is. Especially if you're touring, it definitely is a, can be a strain on your relationship for sure. But I remember listening actually to what Clark said in second death. It's like, you made the choice to go on tour. And so if it's like, if they're having like issues like at home or like missing you or something like that, you need to make sure that you're attending to those things as someone who's gone, who's trying to do something. Yeah. Like it's not luxury being on tour all the time and it's definitely work. It's not just for fun, but you do have to attend for those people at home who do care about you and who do love you. And it's like, like for like for you, it's like if, if Haley was like, Oh, I'm like, like, like I'm missing you right now or something like that. You like, you have to attend to those things. And that's like, that's what you have to do. And that's like, that's what you should want to do too. So you I get that. time for those phone calls, man. Yeah. I was going to say that that's what you should want to do is, is right. Like it's, it shouldn't be like feeling like you need to do it, but if yeah. you are in a, if you're in a relationship and it's one that you're committed to, 
you should be willing to make the sacrifices because like you said, it's not a vacation when you're on tour. It's you're there for a very specific reason. Just how if you were to um, be working a job, you know, you're there for a specific reason as well. And it's not time to slack off. And even though touring is like so hard and discomforting at times, Mm -hmm. you just want to like do nothing. (laughs) Like I know that, for me personally, I have a lot of times where if there's downtime, I want to just not do anything. And I, w- mm-hmm. I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk. I don't want to interact. I just want to like mm-hmm. clear my head and just feel like I'm, I have no obligations because of the times that I do have obligations. They're like very legitimate, serious ones. Mm-hmm. That being said though, you have to kind of fight through that and, work on maintaining a relationship when you're on on the road because you could easily make the excuse of oh well i do so much on the road like i deserve this time for myself but that's just not you know how relationships work is it right (laughs) that's not how it works whether you're on tour or not so yeah exactly (laughs) yep and it's important to be open and honest about everything too like if you're in a relationship, like a romantic relationship and you're trying to meet a band, the, the two of you have to be able to have conversations and, and compromises, Yeah, you know, like if your, your partner needs something from you, attention, time, phone calls, whatever, because everyone has different limits. Some people are more independent. Some, some people are not as independent and they would like that time or whatever. And, and, Either way is fine. You know, there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with either way. It's just like having that communication, work it yeah. out, you know? Yeah. And then the band members need to be supportive of that too, because if that person's in a serious relationship, then it's like, Hey, you need to tend to that too. Like he was saying, like, yeah, mm-hmm. like just support each other. Everyone's got to be open yeah. and honest. And we've had, yeah. we've had meetings where all of us would be in the same room, all 10 of us, where it's the guys and the girls, the the husbands and wives, all the band members, all of it. And we just talk it out and discuss, like, is there anything that we need to be mindful of? And it's kind of good to be able to have everyone together. So that way, like, sometimes there is group think where it's like kind of everybody's feeling the same way. It's like, okay, good. We need to talk about that. We need to address that and make sure everything's good to go back at home type of thing that is another interesting thing um talking about how you guys are very close as friends and involved in each other's lives as a group but even with your wives and everything like imagining having that as well is like even more so a big deal like a normal band maybe or not normal band but like (laughs) Yeah, we're a weird like, band. We're yeah, abnormal, you, sorry. You weirdos having <laughs> wives and stuff. That's so weird. Um, but, you know, take a band who's split up here and there. Maybe they all have partners or wives or girlfriends or whatever. Um, just having all of you and your partners being involved in that, that's like crazy, man. It took a lot of getting used to. Yeah. <laughs> Took a lot of conversations. Yeah, like I'm there was sure some there's some heartache involved for sure. Yeah. I'm not saying it was the easiest thing in the world because when you're starting out, especially like what, what's the youngest marriage? Probably. Yeah. Caitlin and I, I'm pretty sure we were the, what was it? Two years now? Three years? It's two years. Two years. Yeah. So two years is the youngest marriage. And then we have Tom and Jess, I think hit their five year, didn't they? Think so. I, yeah, they've been married for five years. So Hale and I have almost been married five years in June. So like definitely starting out, it was way rougher than now because now we kind of all settled into it. We've had a lot of like tough conversations mm-hmm. and, and everything. And, and when you start right. getting married too, like in the start of the relationship, you, you still have a lot to learn because now you're living with the person or whatever. And it's just a lot more things to discuss. It is a lot more heat and tension sometimes. Yeah, yeah I can imagine. But end goal in mind, it's a marathon, you know, pace, yeah. pace yourself and, and yeah. have the conversations as you can. Well, yeah, well, I think we're kind of running short on time now, but I really appreciate all the conversation you had here, Austin. I love working with you over time. Um, for those of you who, who don't know, Austin actually helped us with the uh, record that has been released and the record that has not been released yet. And the one before, like... Oh yeah, yeah, and the one before. That. So we worked yeah. with him a lot. Yeah. So yeah. 
You are actually viewing his workspace right now if you're watching this. Uh, so this is where he's done a lot of recording and that's where we've that's been the too. laboratory. Yes. There's been a lot of there's been a lot of fourth teller arguments in this bedroom. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> he has witnessed them firsthand. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I'm like the mediator. Honestly. <laughs> that's though. true. You have Honestly, been there for though. that too. Thank you for that. It's always yeah. important to have a mediator for certain <laughs> conversations. All right. Well, thank you, Austin. And I'm looking forward to seeing you next time I see you. And I of course I'm definitely excited to see what happens with prison as you guys continue. Thank you, man. It's been a treat to do this with you guys. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. What is what is your handle so that people can look you up? Um, for a prison, and if you want people to look at you up for any like mixing and mastering and stuff. Let's see. Well, to start that off, I have a website. It's just austincoop.com. So anything mixing and mastering related, you can get that there. Um, my Instagram is at austincoopaudio. And as far as prison goes, uh, you can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram at prison lives. And I believe our, uh, let's see, Twitter is just prison band. Let me double check that. Oh no, I'm getting too many texts because I went off airplane mode. Uh oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So the, the prison Twitter is just at prison band. So. There's all awesome. that good stuff. I'll definitely make sure to type that in too. Sweet. Cool. So that way everybody can find it easily. All right. Thank you, Austin. We'll see you next time. I love you, Austin. Thank you. <laughs> love you guys. <laughs> love you too, man. See, see ya. Hey guys, thank you again so much for checking out the Convicted Podcast. Please show the band or business some love. Follow their handle. It's going to be in the description below. Uh, make sure you check them out, see their products, see their music, see if it's something that you like and something that you'd like to get. Uh, again, thank, huge shout out to Vratom for sponsoring us. They have drum shoes and other merchandise for musicians of all different types. I actually have tried these recently. Uh, I'm a guitarist and fourth teller, and we recently played a show and I've had them on and they felt great very thin um, to be able to feel where I'm pressing the pedals and everything. I'm sure it's even better for the people who are playing drums to be able to have a lightweight shoe that's easy to maneuver. Uh, but thank you to Bradham. Check out their link in the description below as well because they have a special surprise for you if you follow the link to their website. Again, thank you guys so much. And if you have any suggestions or comments or if something stood out to you, please write a review or message us. Let us know what's going on. And we hope to continue to build this so that it gets better for you to continue to grow your band and your business. Thanks again. See you next time.